Can I hear you?
Round real quick. That are in those training rooms with him know how good because he, he just knocks dudes out real quick in the first round. Yeah, but now we're gonna get a good. I might fuck with this guy. He just to me. He just, at, I thought he was a con artist. No, they're just based off his look. They're at edge. Holy shit! What the hell just happened? All right, what's up, motherfuckers? Welcome to GWR Gonzo's <laughs> wrestling room. Um, joined you with Eric and Steve as usual. We also have a special guest, pro wrestler Paragon. How you doing today? Baby, it's the motherfucking Paragon. I'm doing bang glorious. <laughs> the motherfucking Paragon. I like man, it, man, I'm so I like excited. It. You're one of my favorite uh, favorite independent wrestlers out right now. I'd say uh, I've been watching you for a while now. I, I heard uh, House was on here. Khan was on here one day and he was we asked him who his favorite or who some big upcoming stars were and he mentioned your name. I'd heard your name before and seen clips here and there. Once he Nobody mentioned your name, you then I got I'm like all I'm a broken traffic light. Stop and go is the name of my game. It's there you go, man. Star. Right. <laughs> plan. Yeah, so then I started like really watching all your stuff, man. I became a big, big fan of yours. Like, I love your work. The stuff you do in and out of the ring, it's it's all great, man. I'm fanboying over here. Like, <laughs> I appreciate it, baby. I appreciate it. You know, it, a lot of people don't realize how much of a thankless job wrestling is. You know, they, a lot of times they see the fans coming up that may or may not want to autograph may not want to shake your hand or may or may not want to buy merchandise or whatever. But sometimes just the effort to watch the content we put out on social media, sometimes just the content to, to, to let us know that you appreciate what we do, especially because in this business, so much ain't, it ain't guaranteed. All it takes is one bad bump. And if that ain't your career, it could be your life, you know? Yeah. And it's, I just want you to know it's much appreciated. You know, a lot of times in wrestling, they've made it a uh, taboo almost to be a fan, which I think is stupid because it's the whole point of this thing, right? Right. You know, it's not taboo <laughs> to be a fan. And when you feel like anime or Star Trek or Star Wars or right. if you like sports, it's not taboo. Now, granted, people don't like when you go to the extremes, but it's like, why can't we just love stuff? You feel me? So I, I appreciate you, baby. I appreciate you. I apologize for my voice, a little horse. Yeah, when we uh, I talked to you about getting you set up to come on here, I hadn't, I hadn't said nothing to him. <laughs> I wish I could have kept it a secret till today because I knew he was going to be real excited. As soon as he saw me posted off, or he, yeah, he saw me posted on Facebook. He was at work. He he called me and said, "We really have Paragon on Monday." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I, dude, I, I really literally started a TikTok just so I could follow you in house on on TikTok. <laughs> well, I hope I hope you enjoy what I've been doing on there. Actually, last night I don't know how it happened, but I got over three hundred followers just for roasting people, you know, doing dumb shit. So I, <laughs> that's I, great. I that's that's what's it's, it's awesome. It's funny, dude. Y'all got to go watch him on TikTok. It's uh, great. Definitely. How, how long How long have crazy. you been in the uh, wrestling business? Uh, actually, uh, next month will make four years. Yeah. Next month will make four years. I made my debut December seventeenth. I want to say, of twenty seventeen. 
So I graduated college in the uh, spring of 2017, started my wrestling training at the end of summer, beginning of fall in 2017, and then wrestled my first match in December of 2017. Where did you get your start out of? Um, well, uh, the training school I went to was the House of Truth up in Michigan, where I was trained by the illustrious Truth Martini, uh, who I believe has one of the best minds in all of professional wrestling. You know, there's a reason that he was an agent for ROH. There's a reason that, you know, WWE had him come down there and, and help with the training center. And it's because his mind for the business is just it's unmatched. You know, sometimes that could be a lot for people because mm -hmm. to have so much genius come out in a certain way, you know, it might make some people uneasy, but... Some people don't get it. They don't get it. And, you know, and, and it honestly lets you know who wants to be a diamond and who wants to be dust. Mm -hmm. You know, when it comes to wanting to be a professional wrestler, everybody starts off as cold. And some people don't have the option whether or not they're going to be dust. But everybody who gets to a certain point has the option of whether or not they're going to be a diamond at least. And sometimes people let, allow their ego or they will allow uh, their preconceived notions to steal away all the potential they have of being great or making it to the next level. And they turn to dust. And what's sad is there's people in this business who have diamond potential but they got a dust mentality, and that's why they will always be stuck on a certain level, a certain place. We, we have this term we call in wrestling 40 milers, and it's people who they find a home promotion, and you'll be lucky if they travel 40 miles outside of that. And it's because they get comfortable. They allow themselves to, to be the man in a certain area. And I'm, I'm sure you heard the term of uh, big fish in a little pond. Oh, yeah. Well, how, how how important are you if it's not even a pond? How important mm -hmm. are you if you're a big fish in a bird bath? Like, what, what's that do for anybody? Right. You know, and so you got to have the ability to allow yourself to become a diamond. And that's why I love the training school I went to up in Michigan, because if you had what it took to be a professional wrestler and you did what you were supposed to do, they were going to cultivate you into becoming a diamond. Um, so that's where I got my start in the business. My very first match ever was with a company that doesn't even exist anymore. And it's called IWA Ohio. So not Mid-South, not East Coast, but IWA Ohio. <laughs> um, and it was a uh, very interesting time. I have some, some interesting memories from that place. But I will say one thing I love about that place is some of the relationships I was able to create after the fact. Um, one of my former tag team partners and my little brother actually met at IWA Ohio, uh, you know, and, and he has a baby on the way. So Uncle Paragon's excited, you know, to meet <laughs> to meet this little one that's coming. But at the same time, though, had it not been for IWA Ohio, I don't even know if this gentleman and I would have crossed paths, let alone became family, you know. So that's where I got my, my complete start in the professional wrestling business. That's one thing that I've, <clears throat> since we started doing this podcast that I've, was a little bit more surprised about was how much of family and brotherhood the independent wrestling community is. You know, I just, from somebody on the outside looking in at first, you would think that it's such a cutthroat business that, you know, everybody's competing for a oh, few yeah. spots, you know. But it's, it is. It's really family and a brotherhood community. Like, do you, you get the feel of that 
you know, in your time or like, what was it? Did you have any uh, preconceived notions before you became a wrestler? Well, well, first I want to, I want to address something you said, baby, just because <laughs> wrestling is subjective and it doesn't just mean to a fan. The reason why I say that is because all of us have different paths and different journeys in this business. And so someone may come on here and they'll tell you how wrestling is a family. They'll tell you how everything is, is tightly knit and we look out for each other. Maybe my experience is different because what I have experienced is in this business, you are lucky if you get to have family. And once you find your family, hold on to it. Uh, I have faced many hardships in this business because I called someone a brother who chose to see me as an enemy. You know, I would show love for somebody, show support, try to help them get to new places and better places. And either they would use me or they'd abuse me. Um, wrestling is supposed to be a family, but sometimes family ain't always so familiar. Um, and so, I, and that's, that's just me speaking some truth, you know, any, any wrestler, anybody that wants to be a wrestler that's watching this, I ain't saying this to scare you, you know, I'm saying this to wise y'all up. If you find your family in wrestling, be grateful, be thankful, hold on to it, look out for each other. At the end of the day, y'all having each other's backs is going to get you through some extremely hard times because this business is cutthroat, you know, wrestling. And I'm going to be 100% honest with you. Wrestling doesn't care about anybody but wrestling. The, the embodiment and the energy and the ideal of wrestling it doesn't care about the wrestlers or the promoters or the fans. All wrestling cares about is that it continues to exist. And if there's positivity that comes of it, well, hey, that's just a positive outcome. That's a, that's a plus, but it's not the mission. Wrestling's mission is to continue to live, to continue to thrive, to not die. But if you make great relationships or if you become successful, if you create memories that no one can ever take away from you, that's a plus. But wrestling doesn't care if you have those. That's why you, you do hear of people who will be signed to big contracts and yet they have nothing but awful things to say about either a company or the business. Or you'll see somebody who's so talented but was never able to make it past a certain point and they just seem so bitter. And it's because wrestling don't love nobody but itself. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just the nature of the beast. Um, but I just wanted to say that, you know, not to be a down or anything like that. I just feel it's important that we educate people when it comes to this business, because as beautiful as wrestling can be, it is ugly. And sometimes it feels more ugly than it's beautiful, but it allows you to appreciate the beauty that is in it. You know, I've been able to have fun in wrestling. I've been able to have relationships in wrestling. It's because I was willing to, accept it for what it was. I truly believe to succeed in this business, you have to hate it as much as you love it. If you love it too much, it'll break your heart and it'll turn you bitter. If you hate it too much, you're already bitter and you won't last long. But if you can have that balance, everything in life's about balance. If you can love it as much as you hate it. If you can see it for what it is, acknowledge it for what it is, but still appreciate the beauty that's in it, that's how it maintains itself, and that's how you can maintain yourself in it. You know, it doesn't mean you ignore stuff. You have to be able to see it. It just means you have to also be able to point out. Right now on social media, there's all these red flags, things that everybody's posting. Right. You got to be able to acknowledge and see the, the green flags, too. 
Yes, we know the red flags are there, and you need to acknowledge those. But if you never acknowledge the green flags, then the only thing that exists are the red flags. Um, but you asked me about preconceived notions in the business. Um, I got lucky coming into the professional wrestling business that I got to befriend a lot of wrestlers. So I kind of had a lot of ideas of what to expect. I kind of had advantages. You know, when you're Facebook friends with Impact and WWE and ROH wrestlers and you're reaching out to them and they're sending messages back to you before you go into training, whereas some of your other, you know, uh, counterparts are just coming in with blank slate and blank minds. Well, I didn't really have that, but that's also because I thought I didn't have that option. Uh, this was a, a dream and passion of mine since I was able to talk. You know, I was two years old saying I wanted to be a wrestler. <laughs> and uh, a lot of people kept saying it's a phase, you'll grow out of it. Until you're in high school and your mom checks the search injury in the search history thinking she's gonna find porn and she's actually finding what does wrestling tuition cost? <laughs> and yeah. it scares her. And so she sits you down and tells you, make a deal with me. You give me four years of college and I'll support whatever you do. But you give her those four years of college. And then you go into wrestling school and you don't really feel like you have that support. And then your family doesn't really give you that support. They call it your little wrestling thing. You know, they don't really believe in it. And it's not that they have a lack of seeing it because they don't even come to the shows. They just know that it's something you do. They treat your dream as if it's a hobby until you start making noise, until you start making moves, until they see you working with guys that they used to watch on TV or, or they see you working in places that are really important. They finally come to see you and then they say like, out of their own mouth, I can't believe it took me this long. You turn your doubters into believers. And so I wouldn't really say I had preconceived notions as much as I would say I had foresight to the uphill battle I was going to have to fight going into the wrestling business with my personal life. And so I had to be more prepared than the next man. Like I would tell most people going into wrestling school, don't have a persona or a gimmick or character or whatever, be a blank slate. But I didn't have that option. I was in junior high already knowing I was Paragon. You know, that's been my name. That's who I am. That's my brand. That's my product. That is my life. That is me, you know? And, and how did hell, you come he, up with that? Actually, uh, I was in high school. You know, the, the mentality of Paragon was always there, but the, but the name Paragon didn't pop up until my freshman year in high school. The very first day of classes, they put in front of us William Shakespeare's What a Piece of Work is Man. And they say, find a word that you do not understand. You don't know the definition or the etymology of it. They say, once you find that word, find the definition, find the etymology, find the origin, all that stuff. And so... I'm reading what a piece of work is, man, and I see it says that man is the paragon of animals. And I'm like, it's a dinosaur? It's a shape? What the hell is a paragon? <laughs> and so I look it up, and I see the definition, the model of excellence and perfection, the zenith, the highest point, the top of the food chain. Nothing is above this point because it is the apex. Then I look at the etymology of it. The origins, it comes from ancient times. It was believed to be a tool slash weapon that was used to sharpen other ancient swords and spears and weapons to get them to their best and finest points. But nothing could make the paragon sharper or deadlier because it was already at its greatest, deadliest, and strongest state. So this isn't a matter of iron sharpening iron because you can't make the paragon better because it makes you better. And I said, damn it, that's my name. 
<laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's what caught me, honestly, to you. The, the times I'd heard you before, how I mentioned you, was your name. And I was like, that is such a great name. I was like, because people are going to be like, Paragon. And most people, if they don't know what it is, like, off the bat, like, they're going to do the same thing you just said. They're going to learn, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, so it's, I think it's a perfect name. Yeah, I like it. I appreciate it, baby. And what I love about it is, you know, it's very easy to cut a promo on it. You know, what's, your, what's Paragon mean? Bam, you got a promo right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, then being the best, being the, the tip of the spear, you know, the top of the mountain, you can do so much with that. Oh, yeah, because, you know, you can either say it is, it is, uh, it is truth or it is motivation. Yep. You can either say, I am the Paragon. And this is what it is. Or you could say that I strive every single day to be the Paragon and spread that to others to help them be their own version of Paragon. So there's only one. <laughs> you know? it, it, there's many ways you can take it. There's many ways you can you can feel it. You can embody it. And, and that's one of the reasons why I love it so much because, you know, I started a motivational speaking page like years ago before I even stepped foot in the ring. And I call it Paragon Motivation. And it's because the goal is to motivate you to be your best self. You know, we all go through stuff. We all go through mental hardships. Hell, back in 2019, in a seven-day span, I attempted suicide twice because I was losing my battle with my hardships. But the thing is, when we can look at the fact that we are not our worst days, we are who we are in spite of them, because we have a 100% success rate against every last one of our worst days. Because if we didn't, we wouldn't be here. Our survival rate against our worst days is us, however many, to zero. Because we keep winning because we're still here. That's some hell of motivation right there. Hell, I told somebody just the other day because they were feeling down on themselves and feeling like they didn't deserve to be here. And I said, let me get nasty on you real quick, because Paragon's a nasty motherfucker. <laughs> I said, when your daddy came inside your mama, there was millions of uh, billions of sperm that left your daddy's nuts. And all y'all were competing to get that egg, and your ass was the one that made it. <laughs> and you fertilized that egg. Out of all of them, your other, your other compadres was competing, they were swimming, y'all were off the races. Y'all was going at it and shit, but you the one that won. You the one that survived. That was your first worst day because it was almost your last before it even had started to become one. And you made it. That was your first victory. And then you went to full term, no matter what might have been there. There could have been sicknesses, ailments, hell. There was a growth growing inside Paragon's mama that was stealing all his nutrients. And I was told I would not see life outside the womb. And here I am, 26 years later, baby, and I'm as pretty as ever. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome that you yeah, speak on awesome. that, man. Because yeah. I, I feel like a lot of people, you know, look at people weird if they if they speak on maybe going through things and and anxiety and things. You know, I feel like not enough people speak on that, man. So I appreciate you, know, just taking the time to, you know, speak on people maybe not feeling the best or feeling down. I, I think what you said was some good words of encouragement, man, for for someone that's feeling down and out right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, especially well, in this good. industry. Right. Oh, yeah, because depression is heavy in this industry. I mean, look at how many people this year alone that we've lost, you know? Like, losing Daphne, that one hurt. Mm -hmm. That one hurt, yep. you know? Losing a friend of mine, his name was Austin Fury, that hurt. Oh, yeah. You know? And, and it's because, you know, 
this, like I said, this bitch don't love nobody. I mean, look at it. I, I remember when I was still wanting to be a wrestler. I was in college. I had already put my money aside for wrestling school, but I was going to get that piece of paper from my mama. And I remember when Roman Reigns finally won the WWE title, someone went on social media because they saw a picture of him hugging his daughter. Someone went on social media and says, I hope you get a phone call tonight when you go back to your hotel room and it says that your daughter died in a car accident. And I thought to myself, what kind of living organism are you that you could say that to another human being, to a father, just because your person that you wanted to win didn't win, or your person you wanted to be in the main event wasn't there. And that's kind of when I started to realize about how wrestling don't love nobody. Because then you look at it the other way. Look at all these releases that are going on of people that fans love and adore and yet they're not where maybe fans want them to be or they feel like they were misused because wrestling don't love nobody. My hero, the reason I wrestle my entire career is a tribute to this man, Eduardo Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero is the reason I wrestle. And this man broke his body. He broke his body. He worked his body to actual death for this business. Yep. And that's why I speak on this mental health stuff because I know what it's like to have bad days. I know what it's like to have a bad week. I know what it's like to not want to be here anymore. But if I can do what I did back in 2019 and still be here, I may not know why I'm supposed to be here, but I am supposed to be here. And if I'm supposed to be here, then y'all damn sure are supposed to be. You feel me? days, Days get hard. But to me, there are a few things that are very human. And yes. one of the most human things is to have hard times. Sadly, that's part of the human condition. Yeah. But what's more human that we don't get enough of is humanity. To be there for people, to show love, to, to be beyond oneself, to put one's ego and pride and, and selfishness aside and just be like, hey, it's going to be all right. Hey, I was thinking about you. Hey, you're going to be good. Because you're not your worst day. You are who you are in spite of it. That don't take much to be human. We already are. We just got to act like it. It's beautiful, man. Yeah, uh, you said all all these, anybody, young wrestlers, hell, just anybody in general, struggling for that. Listen to the words that he just said. Because I spend that game. Right. Too. I know there's, <laughs> I know we've had some bunch of young guys on here and a couple of them t- Touch base on that, and Fair you God, know, giving it to you. So if y'all out there listening, listen to somebody who's been through it all and been there, and and look where he's at. He's steady rising like a rocket, going to the top. And, and here, and here's the thing: like, there's this, there's this really bad misconception that like success does not equate to bad days. You know, like it, it, back in 2019, I was on the rise, but I wasn't happy. You know, honestly, probably the best year of my life was 2020 during the pandemic, because that's when I got to find me. That's when I had to sit alone with myself and see if I was okay with me or if I was willing to be okay with me. You know, now this year, it was a slow start, but stuff started to pick up, you know, making debuts in in new states, 
returning to states I hadn't been in in three years. I'm making my debut in Seattle next month. Wow. But you know what? I still have my hard days. Yeah. I still have my days where I know I'm the paragon, but I don't feel like it. But sometimes, and this is what I want to tell anybody watching, even y'all that I'm talking to right now, sometimes you just got to remember who the fuck you are. And maybe if you can't do it yourself, have somebody you trust to remind you. Hell, any of my friends that are probably watching this will tell you, when they're having hard days, I shouldn't tell them, remember who the fuck you are. You know, you that dude, you that girl, you that motherfucker. You know, don't let mm -hmm. bullshit get to you and fuck up your whole energy and your whole vibe. Because you got to still be you at the end of the day. You have to be unapologetically you. So don't forget who the fuck you are. And if you do, what well, am I ask going to remind your ass? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you said that you're making your debut in Seattle. Where all have have you uh, wrestled at? And and if you could kind of explain, like, what do you? How do you feel about like the importance of like traveling to different states and and getting out there as far as you can? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, Illinois, Kentucky, um, Delaware, Maryland, North Carolina, uh, West Virginia. I'm missing some places. West Virginia. Hmm. Oh, momentos. The Paragon got the whole thing saved just in case he forgot. Yes, I had a feeling I was gonna ask me this question. I thought I wasn't prepared. I was prepared, you know, just <laughs> I'm honesties, but I'm gonna figure it out. All right. So all right, here we go. So I have been to Maryland, Delaware, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, North Carolina, Ohio, Kentucky, Michigan, Indiana, and Illinois. And I will be adding Seattle before the year is over. And then I will be adding in February, Tennessee. And that's just the beginning, baby. I was supposed to have Tennessee this year, but pandemic shut stuff down, just like how last year uh, in 2020, even when I'm recovering through, you know, my own mental mess, I was supposed to be debuting in Florida, supposed to be debuting in Texas, Louisiana, uh, Canada, Mexico, Germany. 2020 was supposed to be the year of Paragon. Like, <laughs> like if, if, if the pandemic didn't happen, if I wasn't signed, I would be heading for it. But, you know, everything happens for a reason, you know. C'est la vie. You can't harp on what isn't. You have to appreciate and respect what is. But when it comes to traveling, honestly, it is paramount. You cannot be successful in this business. I don't care who you are if you aren't known. And staying in one area does not make you known. You know, if if I'm talking to someone who's considered a name, right? Like if I'm talking to PB Smooth, or if I'm talking to, you know, Cole Radrick, or if I'm talking to, you know, to Tim or Myron Reed, and I mention your name, and they'd have no idea who you are, that's a problem. But if they but if you mention my name to them, oh shit, that's my motherfucking paragon because they, they know me. And it's not just from being on shows with them, it's because they see me putting in that travel. Sometimes you can earn a spot on a show just by people seeing you travel. Sometimes a company in another area will see that you're in that area and be like, hey, how much to get you to wrestle for us since you're already here? You know, you, you never know what opportunities you will end up being blessed with 
simply because you're traveling. My Seattle booking literally popped off because of my OVW booking. Me traveling to Kentucky allowed Seattle to happen. It's currently having other areas in the mix where the only conversation is trying to figure out venues and then that's going to happen or trying to figure out, you know, what budgets are and stuff like that. But it's all because of traveling. Mm -hmm. On top of that, and just being 100% honest, it makes you better. You know, you don't want to be in the same place, especially not for too long, because I was told, and once again, young wrestlers, listen, if you are the best person in your locker room and you shouldn't be, then that means that's someplace you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be the best person with the least experience. You shouldn't be uh, the best person and you're missing maybe one thing and you're, and you're, you're whole put together and it might just be your look but your wrestling ability and your talking and all that other stuff is better than anybody in the locker room. Unless you are in a, a room full of company, that is where you need to be. That's number one. And number two, or unless you have found yourself. Because if you have guys like Suge D, Shane Taylor, Jonathan Gresham, Will Ospreay, Zack Sabre Jr., you have guys like that and they're on shows, there's going to be many shows where they are the best person in the locker room. But at the same time, but there's a reason they're in that locker room because they're normally also in those locker rooms with Shuggies and Shane Taylors. And right. you get what I'm saying? So it's you're with like-minded and like, like successful company. And that's what your goal should be. So I get loyalty to your home promotion because they may have gave you a start. But if they're not helping you become better, if they're not helping you grow, it's time to move on. And sometimes you got to start from the bottom and pay dues all over again, no matter how deep in the business you may be. That's kind of a, a bad ego thing that people get to a certain point where they feel like, oh, well, I'm really over in my state. Yeah, we don't even know who you are in our region. You know, you may be over in, in Indiana and in the, in the surrounding states of Indiana, but if we don't know you in Texas, then why the hell do we want you? You know, but if you can come in and show face, you can come in and maybe a show or two under your rate. You can come in and, you know, show them why they should have you on their show and pay you what you deserve. And that's how you get your name out there. There's many people in the independent scene and the ROHs and the AEWs and so on and so forth that people respect because they put that work in and they travel. You should never be able to, to say, oh, that's a this guy because I only see him in this area. Hell, I've even been burdened with it. I had people think I was an Indiana guy, and I'm like, I ain't lived in Indiana since college. I wasn't even wrestling in, in, when I was living in Indiana. But because I was there so much, people thought I was an Indiana guy, then a Michigan guy. And then they were like, oh, he's in Indiana. Oh, he's in Michigan and Ohio and West Virginia and Delaware, and they kept seeing me travel, and then it became, oh, no, he's just a journeyman. Oh no, he's just he's hitting towns. He's actually doing it. He's putting in the word. Yeah. And and an easy thing for young guys too for travel. Sometimes your way of traveling is hopping in a carload. Hop in a carload, baby. Hit up somebody that you know is going to a show. Hey, this is my name. This is my resume. Here's a couple of my promo picks. Here's a couple of my matches. Would it be okay if I got your carload with you? Or if you already have a relationship with this person, knows who you are. Hey, do you have a spot in your car load for me? The worst thing they can say is no. Mm -hmm. They may give you a reason why that no is happening, 
But the worst thing they can say is no. You know, and and I'll tell y'all this too because y'all, y'all ain't asked me this, but I'm just kind of I'm, I'm I'm vibing right now. Hey. <laughs> I feel you. O'Shea Edwards tells you to fall in love with no. Should be tells you to understand the different types of no. Because there is no, not right now, and there's no never. No, not right now, can mean we don't have a spot for you. You're not ready. We're not ready. We don't have the budget. Mm -hmm. Or our card is simply just too full at the moment. No, never can mean we're not a good fit. We don't like you. We whatever bull crap. And you know what you can do? Work your ass hard enough so you turn those no nevers into not even no not right now. You turn those no nevers into what's your rate? But you just got to look at stuff. Yes, take the notes for what they are. Look at why you got that no. Put the work in to be like, how do I change this no into a yes? How do I change this no never into a no not right now or into a yes or into a what's your rate? Because yes and what's your rate are two different things. Because there's different types of yeses. Because there's yes, you can be on our show, but this is what we can pay you. And then what's your rate is when they reach out to you or you reach out to them and they know your value and they're like, okay, they might not be cheap, (laughs) but they're worth it. Can we negotiate? So that's what I would say about traveling because that also comes with traveling. Sometimes you'll reach out to a promotion and they'll say, no, you got to understand that. No, sometimes you will hop in a car load with somebody, get to the promotion, and they'll still say no. But why'd they say no? Take those things. Grow from them. Use those as fuel. Because it's the fuel that's what drives us, pun intended. We had a, a couple of comments here I'd like to read to you. Well, uh, one of them was like, this is not what I was expecting here, but props to you. Those are powerful words. And, uh, Another that was from uh from Chris Chaos. He's a professional wrestler. We had the uh, pleasure of watching this past uh, weekend. And um, another one is from uh, Alicon House. He said Paragon is a complete professional. And then we had a comment from a uh, from a fan that's wanting to know what was your favorite match you have watched and your favorite match you have competed in. My favorite match I have watched is actually the match that let me know I could be a wrestler. And that was Eddie Guerrero versus Brock Lesnar for the WWE title. I had a feeling that I was going to be the run of the litter, so I wasn't going to be the biggest guy. But to see a brown guy who, in my opinion, looked like me because we didn't have a lot of black representation, and I believe, you know, at the end of the day, all black people and brown people are just damn brown. So to see right. a brown person, you know, <laughs> that looked like me, and he was out here and he was toppling the giants. And that also reminded me of me because when I was a kid, I was a small one, but I was always the one fighting the biggest dog in the fight, and I was the one that was always winning. I might have some scrapes and bruises, but I did not lose because I refused. I refused to let my size or my or my height or where I came from be a detriment to me. It was my fuel. It was my motivation. Like, I'm from Cleveland, so I put on for my city, you know. 
I even, like, my new wrestling, you know, attire that I have has the Cleveland skyline going across it. I got the land on one knee pad and 216 with the tallest skyscraper replacing the one on the other knee hat. I know this is off subject, but you a Bone Thugs fan? He said, oh, my, my mother did, did background vocals for Bone Thugs and Harmony. <laughs> hey, hey yes. I love Bone Thugs, bro. <laughs> That's crazy. Her, her best friend, her best friend used to be their personal DJ and producer until he stopped doing music and now is doing Sony movies. Yeah. So I used to be in the studio while they be recording. Hell you know, yeah. I was I was in one of the music, the Ride and Dirty music video with Crazy Bone. Uh-huh. He's the light-skinned dude in the backseat jamming while Crazy Bone's rapping. Yeah, that's my mom's friend. So she's <laughs> background vocals of Bone Thugs and Harmony, D12, Nelly, a whole bunch. I got to meet so many celebrities just from her doing background vocals. It even got me into music, Hell you know? Yeah. So, yes, I love Bone Thugs. That's what's up. Man. Shout <laughs> out Bone <laughs> Thugs, man. <laughs> we no, had a... I almost uh, came out the Thuggish Ruggish Bone hey. a while back. <laughs> you should, but, uh, bro. <laughs> but for uh, my favorite match that I've been a part of, um, it's tough. And the reason why I say that is because for me, it's about the moments. You feel me? A lot of people like the moves. I like the memories we create. Like my match with Suge D, right? There's this fan. And every time he sees me, he makes sure he comes to my merch table and gets something. You know? He always shows me love. And a lot of people that go to my my shows know that there's a Paragon entrance where either the announcer or myself grabs the mic and I list off all my nicknames and all my monikers, and I do my whole thing, and he got it memorized. And so my match with Shook D, I had him come inside the ring, and he announced me instead of the ring announcer. Nice. I created that moment for him, you know? Or there's a moment where I'm facing Marche Rocket, and we're having a banger, but the highest point in the match wasn't the, wasn't the finishing move. The highest point in the match was when the crowd is chanting and cheering for us and they're clapping after the match is over. And I extend my hand to him and I got tears in my eyes and he smacks my hand out the way and hugs me and we got a standing ovation. Moments. Or the time where I was at AACW in Kokomo and the crowd was singing Purple Rain at me (laughs) more than once during the show and I got them to do that, you know, and so I'm doing all this stuff and I'm just going purple rent. And, and the thing is, like, that's crazy, you know? But you create these moments. There are moments that can't be taken away from you. So I have opponents that I love working with that I would love to work with again, such as Aaron Williams, Marche Rocket, Shug D, just to name a few. But at the same time, though, you can forget a match. You may even slightly forget an opponent, but you never forget the moments you have, mm-hmm. you know? And I, honestly, I'll probably say the best moment I ever had in wrestling was when I was being open about my mental health and I was trying to spread positivity and be there for people. And I had a fan come up to me and confide in me that she got breast cancer or her breast cancer came back. And she told me she was scared. I had a merch line of about 20 plus people. And I stood there and I prayed with her. And I told her, you got to keep telling yourself that I am fine and it's benign because you speak into existence what you want to be true. You speak into existence what you want to be true. You got to speak that positivity into your life. Otherwise, you've already lost the battle. And I said, anytime you're sad, anytime you're down, even when the doctor tells you something you don't agree with, it is benign and I am fine. 
Three months later, she told me she was in remission and they couldn't even find it anymore. That moment right there, I wasn't in a match. That was my merch table. But that's a moment that's going to stay with me and live with me forever. You feel me? Mm -hmm. Most definitely. Yeah, that's just like uh, one of the things I was watching one of your, uh, I can't remember if it was one of your TikTok videos or on Facebook or something, where uh, you give a little kid, uh, you know, a little knuckle bump. And the little kid takes off running and like screaming. He's like, he likes me. <laughs> like, I was like, that's that right there. That little kid is going to remember that moment for the rest of his life. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's things like that, that like people don't really, uh, I think appreciate so much and they may not really realize. And then that's one thing that I, I like about the show that we do is it gives people that behind the scenes, look at the realness and, the things they may not normally, you know, have noticed about the wrestling industry. Yeah. But we, we, we get, did. We, we dig deep in there. We and we, we had a guy named Gary Emmett. I don't know if you know Gary Emmett. I know Gary. He has a question for you. He said, who are you going to smack first in AWR when you return in 2022? Don't Die Miles or Mitch Onyx? And then he also goes on to say, Paragon is one of the best dudes I've had in our locker room. I appreciate that, Gary. Uh, here's the thing about AWR. <clears throat> Gary, for a while, was trying to get me, and I took the glasses off because I want y'all to see me. I want y'all to see me. Even the people watching, I want y'all to see me. Um, Gary was trying to get me in AWR for a while, but schedules kept conflicting. And... Um, when I finally got there, I was like, yo, I'm going to come in. I'll come in under my rate. You know, I just feel bad that our schedules kept, you know, messing up. Because whether it was this or that, everything kind of kept messing up. But I was in a time period in my career where a lot of people were blowing smoke up my butt. And some of it was telling me I would have a home. Because even if you're supposed to travel, you need a home promotion. Or at least a place that feels like home. And Gary told me that I would always have a home at AWR. And that meant a lot to me, whether he realized it or not, because you will be surprised how many people, how many people, they, uh, they, they'll, they'll sell you wolf tickets, you know, in this business so they can get what they want from you. There's probably people who have noticed there's certain companies that I have, <clears throat> I have not been back to. And part of that's because of them selling wolf tickets, them lying, them manipulating, them mistreating. And a lot of people don't understand this, but Paragon got a lot of friends and a lot of places, and he keeps his ear to the streets. And so when people talk bad about Paragon, it always gets back to him. And I heard some people at certain promotions talking bad about me, but then when they asked me to come back, I just told them that my date's conflicted. But it wasn't that it was a conflict. It was a conflict of interest because you got to understand and appreciate your value, you know? And when they don't appreciate your value or respect your value, they don't respect you, and that means you shouldn't be there. Now, he asked me who am I smacking first. Gary, me and Miles need to run it, but I love that dude too damn much. And this this new Paragon ain't like the Paragon of old. This Paragon nasty. This Paragon's gully. This Paragon ain't from New Metropolis. Hell, this Paragon ain't even from Erotic City. Now, this Paragon is from East Cleveland, and he ready to knock some heads off his shoulders and tell people to protect their neck. Mitch Onyx, I know that's a lot of heads you got on your shoulders, but I'm letting you know right now, it's going to be some whiplash. <laughs> down your damn shoulders. Which, by the way, <laughs> letting y'all know the Protect Your Neck shirts are coming out, and we oh, even yeah. have limited time holiday-themed ones. 
Santa's not safe, okay? All right? Uh, Uncle Sam ain't safe. He's also on the Protect Your Neck holiday shirts. The headless horseman. He ain't <laughs> even got no head. He's not safe, okay? So cop those. And I might even just put Mitch Onyx and his old Megamind head on one of these shirts. And, mm, yeah, I'm telling you. So, yes, Gary, you give me Mitch Onyx. I'm taking his head off his shoulders. Hey, we got Don't Die Miles in the comments section. He said, it better be me. The fuck? <laughs> you, Miles, you and I are going to run it, baby. I told you, we got to get that match in because COVID had us fucked all the way up. He and I was doing the damn thing. And literally, like, the day before the show, they were like, you got a fever of 107. You need to go to the hospital. I'm like, fuck. Uh, so, me and Miles, yeah, Miles, we going to run it. You know what? Actually, here's the thing. I really do want to run it with Miles because the last time he and I faced each other, we were in two different worlds. You feel me? Uh, last time we faced each other, he was Miles Morales, and I was the walking apocalypse paragon, which, you know, I'm starting to low-key get back to those ways, but then I became the vainglorious one, and he was Spider-Miles, and now he's Don't Die Miles, and now I'm Mr. Protect Your Neck. So I would love to see where we have grown so much <laughs> and see me and Miles be able to go head to head because I love seeing his growth. I love seeing him succeed. I love seeing how hungry he is. I love seeing how much heart and gritty he is. And I just want to see his gritty heart against my pissed off, <laughs> my pissed <laughs> off, ready to throw somebody through the goddamn sky, you know? So I, I can't, I, I wanted that to happen real bad. The comment section is going off right now. Like, we got we got house in the comment section. House, you know, you know, talking about you know manifestation. You know, he was like, uh, moments are everywhere. Comment all that. Uh, Emmett said, "You just on vacation. It's time to get back home. You know, I fucks with you the long way." Uh, Don't die, Miles says. Fight, uh, fight me, you coward. Uh, house says, "Don't die, don't die, Miles. Don't want that smoke or want that smoke." And then the house is going on to say, uh, why don't die Miles always fucking with my clients? Oh, yeah, because Miles and Sam Knight got beat, too. And then finally, yeah. Gary Emmett put it all out there. He said, why not put all three in the ring and run that shit? Just saying. So, Gary, this is what I'm saying. It says Gary's watching, all right? Peep this. <clears throat> Miles, Mitch, and me. But then... Shooters don't die versus the household. Get Freddie and Miles versus Sam Knight and Paragon. Oh shit. Uh oh. <laughs> what you gotta say about that, Gary? <laughs> so oh, I'm just throwing that emojis. out there. You got the eyes. Oh, emoji. don't die, Miles. Put a series of big eyes. <laughs> Con, uh, Gary says 2022. Let's make that shit smack. Hey. Con put flame. I'm saying, like, I'm saying, you know, and, and here's also the thing there's some people that's been around with, with Paragon. Even Gary was around when Tribunal was a thing. Uh, Tribunal consisted of three members. Originally, it was myself, Jay Storm, and Dalton Moss. Dalton Moss retired from wrestling. And so my big brother, Chris Moore, stepped up and joined the group. But then Jay Storm had to retire from wrestling. Going forward, there is no tribunal. We are the Midwest Wrecking Crew. You feel me? And we also 
Just like Tribune, you never know who's in the crew. And if you ain't crew and you ain't from my neighborhood, well, then uh, you best protect your neck. Everybody can get to. it, huh? Oh, everybody. Everybody. If you ain't family, if you ain't crew, protect your neck because we ain't going to. I'm telling you. Everybody's on notice. So that's what I'm just saying. So so if Gary don't want to do household, Midwest Wrecking Crew, and I'm just saying, we got an uncle who has worked for AWR, goes by the name Q, you know, Uncle Q, Apollo Q star. And he may or may not be in the Midwest Wrecking Crew. So if shooters don't die, want to call up their boy Saturn and we make it a trio, I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Six-man tag. Uh-oh. Hey, we got some more uh, some more chatter on the line here. Uh, Gary says, I got dibs on both matches. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, Chris Chaos said, since Gary Emmett is in here, let's bring Bulletproof Posse to AWR. Out here trying to get on my line. Trying to Man. Get on my line. But, but here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. I'm not mad because wrestling is all about marketing. Sometimes you got to get in where you can fit in. Know when to do it, but get in where you can fit in. Uh, don't die says uh, we got four people so I mean it can get even bigger if you want it hey hey he got four so that means you got Sam you got Big Chris you got Uncle Q you got me eight hey shoot eight man elimination eight man tornado you know uh, 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 eight man you, hey, you know what <laughs> Eight man Midwest street fight? No, eight man Midwest dog fight. There we go. Right? Oh, <laughs> damn. Midwest, we there fight it is. Dogs. Lock it in. Hey, we gonna be at that one. <laughs> I'm going to that. If... Oh yeah, we go. So Paragon, man, what's the, what's the, what would you say like your your peak scenario is, man? We're at the at the top of your career, man. You're at the top of the game. Where where do you see yourself being at? For me, see, that's, I like that question because it's changed so much over the years. Uh, if you would have asked me going into wrestling school and in wrestling school, I would have said WWE or Japan. If you asked me, I'd probably say this time last year, I would say uh, ROH or WWE or Japan. If you ask me now, and my mindset is what it's always been, but even more so now than ever, if I can buy my mama a house, I'm successful. That's my goal with this business. I don't, whether I'm contracted or uncontracted, I have seen indie darlings live off of this and live pretty well for themselves. So if I can buy my mama a house and her dream Jaguar that she's been wanting for over a decade or so now, that's success to me. I don't got to get a contract to do so because you know what? A contract don't measure your success. Look at how many people that got those contracts and they got they got limited. Look at how many people that didn't get those contracts and they're doing well for themselves. And then look at those people that got them contracts and they in the sky wasn't their limit because they could go higher. You feel me? Come what may, you know. Should D told me a while back, what will be will be. But I also believe to speak into existence without a desire to be true. And so whether I am or am not contracted, and I do believe I will get there, whether that is WWE, AEW, hell, Impact Wrestling, which seems real fun to me right now. But I'm speaking into existence as Paragon is buying his mama a house with his wrestling money. And that's where it is going right there. Nice. Respect that, man. That's a, 
Yeah, that's probably about the realest answer, probably that we've really ever had on here. <laughs> on that for that, but uh, yeah, uh, house is in the comments section. He said, if anywhere Paragon wants to be, is his peak for real, for real. And uh, from what I've seen, man, it's you've got all the talent in the world. It's like you know, you you come across guys that are really good at usually one thing or maybe. A combination of a couple of things, but like guys like you, you got the whole the whole image, the whole package. You know, you're good in the ring, you're good out of the ring, you're good with the mic. Like to me, like I, I agree with uh, what House is speaking. He said, like anywhere you want to be, man, I can see you anywhere. A W W E anywhere NXT. Who'd you kind of grow up watching? where you got kind of your inspiration on the mic and as far as just being on the mic and, and some of the moves you do, I, I know you had to have some inspirations out there. Um, So I was a huge rock fan when it comes to promos as well as any fan when it comes to promos, but believe it or not, most of my stuff was movies, movies and TV, you know, watching Denzel Washington when he was in a role, even recently, there's a TV series called Luke Cage. Yep. Oh, yeah. And I, on Netflix. And I love watching both Bushmaster and Cottonmouth, the way they talk, the way they carry themselves, because they keep your attention. And that was always my thing. I didn't just want to look at the, the people who could cut a good promo. I wanted to look at the people who keep my attention. Like the Pope Angelo De Niro, he keeps my attention when he cuts a promo, you know? Now, I will tell you this. Daniel Bryan is a good promo. At least now he's a good promo. It doesn't always keep my attention, and that's nothing against him. It's just a matter of what I'm looking for, you know? And so when it comes to talking on the stick, those are the guys I would look at. Now, when it comes to in-ring, you know, you got the Eddie Guerreros, you got the Rocks, you got the Kurt Angles, you got the Tazes, you got the Pete Dunns, you got the Samoa Joes, uh, you got the Shawn Michaels. Uh, you know, those were – you got the Billy Robinsons. I love the old-school throwbacks, too, you know? Uh, I love watching, you know, uh, British-style wrestling. I love Zack Sabre Jr. I'm a, I'm a Gresham fan. Suge D actually is the first independent wrestling match I ever watched, and I was watching on this public access TV show, like, back in, like, the 2010s. I want to say it was, like, him versus Gargano, back when Gargano, you know, was still wrestling up in Cleveland and whatnot. Like, I don't even think I was in high school yet. And uh, just watching guys like Suge, you know, I love watching not only diversity in style, but I love when it looks real and it looks gritty. It looks hard. I love watching the guys who were technicians or the guys that had MMA and wrestling backgrounds like myself. I love watching submission guys. I love watching guys who, once again, they kept your attention, whether it was via in-ring or the microphone. And that's my goal and that's my job. I want to keep your attention, whether it's you cussing me out or whether it's you bowing to me as I'm coming out to the ring. I want your attention at all times. So those are the people I watched. Also, another side note, I'm, I'm going to throw Orton in there too. And the reason why I throw Orton in there, and I would say even a Fit Finley, a William Regal, and a, so specifically Fit Finley, William Regal, Pete Dunne, and Randy Orton, they do something you don't really see in wrestling anymore. That's part one part joint manipulation, which I do, and then part two of using the ring as a weapon, which I also do and I fucking love. You have this whole area that you, we already know the apron is the hardest part of the ring, but you know what else is hard? The ring post. You know what else is hard? The turnbuckle. 
a quick way to trap somebody, the ring skirt. You know, there's so many ways you can do stuff. And so I love thinking of ways of how I can use this ring legally to break my opponent down smooth. Using everything you got. Indeed, uh, indeed. Uh, and, when you tr- I was gonna say, as Eddie Guerrero used to say, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. <laughs> yeah. We com- we commonly it, say it, that around we here. We say that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't cheating, you ain't competing. <laughs> when, when you're doing your traveling from like state to state wrestling in these different promotions. Yeah. Uh, not really in the promotions, but like when you're in different states or the styles of wrestling a lot different from like if you're in Ohio to maybe like a Texas or. Mm. I mean, I'll say yes and no. The biggest issue in wrestling is listening to the audience or I would say listening to your audience. And I'm also keep it at indie wrestling. Um, you have guys that want to go out and do a whole bunch of moves that may look cool and may look fluid, but they didn't give their audience a reason to care. Mm-hmm. I recently saw one of the craziest Canadian destroyers that looked dangerous as hell, and the audience made no noise. But you know what I did see? This past weekend, I pulled my straps down from my new singlet and just said something, and there was a ooh throughout the entire audience. If I can get a bigger pop talking and pulling my straps down, then you can get doing a move that should kill somebody. Something's not right. You know, yeah. Part of that is not listening to the audience. Like I said about making moments, I'm not in the wrestling business. I'm in the moment-making business. I'm here oh, to man. create memories. I'm here to make movies. I'm here to give you something that you don't just go home with, but it stays with you. So that way... When you see me the next show, you either want to bring it up or you want to talk or you want to approach me or you want to be near me. You want to cheer me. You want to boo me, whatever, because I'm creating moments. Yes, the moves can be cool and all, and there's ways you can still do those cool moves, but you still got to make everyone in attendance care, you know? And that's no matter where you go. I will say that there's certain areas where moves might matter a little more. And you know what I say to those areas? It's because somebody hasn't made making the audience matter more, matter more. You feel me? You know, because like you can go to any state and you will find a promotion where wrestling is still real. And then you'll find a promotion where they love the super indie. But if you ever pay attention, the person with the biggest pops and the person that gets the most love, who's even doing all the super indie stuff, is still the person still connecting with the crowd. Yep. Then you go to the place where wrestling still rid of them. And the person who gets the biggest pops doesn't have to do a whole bunch because they got the crowd right here in the palm of their hands because they're still keeping them in that moment as they're creating these moments. There's some areas that are a little bit harder than others. Now, honestly, I would say that a, 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 a more interesting deviate from your question is what's harder when you travel being face or a heel you know because to me i can go to the midwest and people will see how flashy i look and think i'm cool but then go down south and my flashiness is seen as too much and grotesque (laughs) so they want to boo me but they're like we want you to be face tonight are you sure 
<laughs> I'm a black guy down south who looks flashy. Are you sure? <laughs> you know, it's it's all a matter of that. That one I'd probably say is was hard. You know, that that one mm-hmm. is, makes it difficult because there, then you have an uphill battle. Because no matter how good or a face you are about making them connect, sometimes until you have put in enough time somewhere, it's hard to get them on your side. Yeah. Like, if you have only been somewhere maybe one to three times and you haven't been able to establish a relationship with them, they may not be receptive to certain stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? But my thing is this. I'd rather you boo me if I'm a face or cheer me if I'm a heel than be quiet. If you're quiet, I didn't do my job and I fucked up. And that's one thing I can I can proudly say. There may have been moments during matches people got quiet, but they ain't quiet. As long as you're getting a reaction, you're doing your job. Exactly. I think one of the best things a promotion, every promotion should do is they should have a, a guy in a Russian singlet come out <laughs> and then have the guy in the American outfit come out because the crowd's going to react to that every time. Like, if you got the, the mean Russian-looking dude and then the American guy to come out, that one sells every time. I don't care what no one says. Like, every promotion should run that because that's – and you should run that, like, one of your first matches because that's going to get the crowd fired up. Right <laughs> Like, it happens every time. I've never seen it not sell. <laughs> what I think promotions should do, but this is more of a behind-the-scenes thing. Right. They should make a master list of, hey, what is your finishing move? And then say, okay, nobody's allowed to do that tonight. And the reason why I say that is because I'm tired of being on shows where somebody finishes the super kick, and before their match, seven super kicks have been thrown. Yep, yep. Or... Somebody's finish is, you know, uh, a backstabber or a code breaker, and we've seen three before their match. I mean, it. And the reason why I say it, it I'm not even going to say that it buries the move or the wrestler. It takes away from the specialness. Mm-hmm. Look, look at a horror movie. If you're watching Michael Myers, you know, killing stuff like that, if you ever notice he always has to up and crazier the kill, right? Because if you see him kill three people the exact same way, and then he goes to the fourth person, and all there's a time difference between all of them, and he goes to the fourth person and kills them the exact same way, you're kind of getting bored with these damn kills now. Yep. But if you see him kill one person by a knife to the neck, and then you see him stab somebody through the eye with a, with a, uh, a light tube, and then you see him take somebody's face and put it through a freaking lunch meat shaver. And then you see him trip somebody, turn on a lawnmower, and then drag them to the lawn. You're like, oh my God, this is so crazy. Like, yeah. You want to see what's going to happen next. <laughs> but if you just seen four people go to that damn lawnmower, are you going to care once he gets to the fourth person? Nope. It's still gory. It's still crazy. It's still messed up. And the only way you're going to get people to care is if you made him kill somebody they care about. But then it's the wrong type of heat. It's the wrong type of anger because now you done did it to somebody we don't want to do it to. Mm-hmm. You know? So how was it uh, for you, like, once you uh, went to OVW? Is that, like, would you say that is probably one of the biggest promotions that you've that you've had the pleasure of wrestling for? I would definitely say that's not only the biggest promotions, but it was one of the most most – blessing experiences 
So Al Snow actually trained my trainer. So it, it felt good to kind of, you know, be in front of my grand trainer, right. <laughs> if, if you will. Um, but uh, there's so much, there's such a wealth of knowledge down there. Um, and not only is there a wealth of knowledge, but getting to work with people or be in the presence of people you used to watch on TV and look up to, to have Doug Basham tell you he's a fan of you, he likes having you around, and that my, your build reminds him of Eddie, and him and Eddie used to be all the time together, mm -hmm. you know, when they were when they were in the Fed together. To have, you know, Jesse Goddard to say that he likes working with you and hopes that we could do it again, you know, to to have experiences like that. That's crazy. And also to have people believe in you, especially on a stage like that, to have people like, you know, Al Snow, Jesse Goddard, Doug Basham, Amazing Maria, you know, uh, so on and so forth. Because I've met a lot of great people down there, too. Some that I've known for years and some was my first time meeting them. Mm -hmm. And it just feels good to be in a, an environment where you feel like you can get better and grow. You know, I've been in situations even recently where I'm like, what's my plan? What's my direction? What are you wanting to do with me? And sometimes promoters don't know. And that's not necessarily always a bad thing, but it's definitely not a good one. Mm -hmm. So to have a place that believes in you, trusts you, and has a direction, it builds up some confidence. It also is a humbling experience. And that's honestly what all of us need in wrestling. We need something that can both humble us, but build us up at the same time. And uh, I know Sam Knight was there about the same time that you were there, uh, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we've had Sam on the show before. And uh, how did you get involved with uh, Sam and the household, you know, and Con and all them? Well, see, me and Sam actually have a long history. Uh, before I even got into the wrestling business, I met Sam. I befriended people in the wrestling business who took me to a wrestling show. And like I said, the first indie wrestling match I saw was Shug D, but that was on TV. Mm -hmm. The first indie match I ever saw live was Sam Knight versus Bret Habit. And after that moment, Sam just took a liking to me, told me if I ever needed anything to contact him and hit him up. And he's been my big oof. He's been my big brother ever since then. You know, he looks out for me. He checks on me. And you know what? And what I love about Sam is he holds me accountable. A lot of times in wrestling, people don't want to be held accountable. And they and they don't have the they don't have the respect to hold others accountable. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of vets in this business. But they either only looking out for themselves or they don't feel like it's their place. They don't care to say. Uh, granted, some of them, their worry is due to the, the nature of the business now. It's changed so much. You don't want to say something and then offend somebody and not trying to cancel you. Right. But then there's some vets that aren't worried about that. They just don't care enough to share. I love the fact that Sam will hold me accountable. I love he'll check up on me. I love that he'll give me my flowers when I'm doing right, but still give me the critiques I need when I'm doing wrong to help me be better. Because he wants me to be who I am, which is the paragon. And that's what I love about him. I also love the fact that he's just a genuinely great dude who's also an ass kicker. So I love good ass ass kickers. <laughs> oh, know? yeah. He is that. He definitely so, is both of those. <laughs> so that's how he and I linked up. Um, around 2020, he was telling me about his homie Khan. And he was like, yo, y'all need to link up. Y'all need to chop it up and stuff like that. 
So, Khan gets me on his podcast. Khan, you know, not to brag, but said at the time I was one of his best podcasts and I was killing listens and all that shit. I was feeling good about myself. <laughs> but he and I also vibed outside of wrestling because Khan and I both do music. I sing and I rap and I write. And, and Khan raps and he produces and stuff like that, you know. And I originally didn't do rap music. Um, I was actually a competitive slam poet in college. And just falling in love with poetry allowed me to, you know, let me let me give hip-hop a chance. Let me give it a chance. I don't have to always do R&B or do yeah. metal because I used to have a metal band. So I don't have to do R&B or metal or funk or like, let me, let me try this out. And so I was dabbling into it and he and I started vibing over music. Then we were vibing over life. Then we were vibing over wrestling. And then one day, he and I crossed paths, and I was like, you know what? I think it's time, you know, you will not do business. And as you see, the purple ones are part of the household. You feel me? We saw at the merge show, uh, fireworks went down at the merge show. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Now you know, <laughs> I will say there was a fireworks that happened because I, I won my triple threat. Paragon's been on a bit of a win streak at emerge. But uh things didn't end the way we wanted to uh, that night. But that's just to me paramount to what's going on at Emerge, you know? Mm-hmm. Paragon's on a win streak. Paragon never got to compete in the outbreak tournament. So one, in my opinion, as much as, as an incredible athlete Braden Lee is. He is a paper champion because he didn't beat me. And he's never beaten me, just like Jay Carter has never beaten me, and he never will. Um, and then you got Justin Kyle, who I love that big motherfucker, okay? He's a ball head, all right? But at the end of the day, where the hell has he been? So once again to me, you're a paper champion because you aren't here defending it. You aren't here showing up, but who's showing up? the real champion, Paragon. And you know what? I've been asking for a match with Justin Kyle for years, and people keep trying to say, you don't want that. You don't want that, Paragon. Do y'all realize who the fuck I am? <laughs> do y'all realize what I do to people? Do y'all realize that I've been I've been salivating at the mouth to stand toe-to-toe with that Goliath and show him my name ain't David. My name is Anubis, and I'm sending your ass to the underworld. Woo! Ooh. Straight so, to the underworld. One way ticket. Because here's the thing. He may see himself as Cerberus, but I still rule the underworld. You just guard the gate. Strong so words. I'm just saying. I'm tired of, of, of the paper champions. I'm tired. Uh, and here's the thing. And it's not just emerge wrestling, because it's wrestling theology fellowship too. It's WTF as well. Paragon never lost the tag team titles. And yeah, he's not a tag team champion. Paragon never lost a U.S. title, and yet he's not U.S. champion. Paragon submitted Jeremy Hadley in the ring in front of a live studio audience, and yet the decision gets reversed to a disqualification victory for Paragon, and titles can't change, can't handle a DQ. And then, that was Paragon's first and only opportunity for the heavyweight title. He wins. It took Jake Carter like 17 chances to finally get it, and yeah, he does get it, but you still ain't beat me. So when I haven't lost the tag titles, when I haven't lost the U.S. title, I got screwed out the heavyweight title. You've never beaten me, Jake. And I've been undefeated in this company for three years. Not a single pinfall, not a single submission, not a single DQ. Some ain't measuring up. Sound like a conspiracy to me. 
And that's why you got your main man, Khan House, to, to expose these cons- conspiracies and let them know what it's all about. Baby. He going to get to the bottom of it. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, he, sir. Hollywood get to it. He going to make a he documentary gonna about about it. Yep. He going he gonna, to he gonna write that wrong. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, he, we gonna we gonna we gonna get a good name for it, you know, something like trying trying to outshine the world star, or or you know, <laughs> uh, we, we gonna do something, but we gonna have a, a whole expose, and we gonna we gonna get to the bottom of why Indiana wrestling is playing these damn games, man. You we know? got a, I don't know if you know Tony Tone, but he said Paragon is speaking the truth. I appreciate yeah. you, Tony. Oh yeah, I know Tony. I know Tony. I just saw him this past weekend. I know Tony. <laughs> He's a good dude. He's a good brother. Yeah, getting mad love in the chat room, in the in the hey. uh, comment section. I appreciate it because when I tell you, it don't feel like a lot of love in this business, you know. And 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 that's not me trying to like you know be woe is me. It's just I'm someone who loves everybody, and I try to spread that love to everybody. I don't always get that same respect. Uh, the difference is. I decided when I survived my trials and tribulations in 2019, I'm taking respect. You're going to pay what you owe. I've come for my pound of flesh. And wrestling don't love nobody. It don't hate nobody. It don't owe nobody nothing. But I'm still coming to motherfucking collect. (laughs) And if you're in my way, you best protect your neck. (laughs) Hell yeah. Okay, uh, I don't know how much you uh, time you have today. You you need to get out of here, or are you good to go uh, a little bit longer? I mean, hey, I'm I'm I'll probably say this. I'm good until about two twenty, two thirty, and you know, and so like I got time. If y'all gotta go, I understand, but I'm good, baby. Uh, uh, last qu- or one of the last questions I have is: uh, Is there anybody yet that you haven't worked with on the independent circuit that you uh, that you're wanting to work with? Well, let me pull up my handy-dandy. I'm going to say because uh, for, for some reason, people come on here and they say who they want to work with and stuff, it seems to happen. I know. Bring All right, so I'm going to start because I call this my 2020 to 2024 list. And the reason why I have this list is because these are people that I either want, I have finally got to work with or I want to work with again. Now, granted, I will tell you this. This does not mean if you are not on this list that you're not on my list. It may mean that I've either already worked with you or it just may simply mean that one of us isn't ready yet. Maybe I got work to do. Maybe you got work to do. But that don't mean I don't got my eye out for you. And also... If you're somebody I know I'm going to work with soon, that might be a reason you're not on the list. So, Chris Caliber, get your ass out of the goddamn retirement so I'll kick your ass. <laughs> Should be, let's do it again. Atticus Cougar, let's fight for Cleveland. Uh, Matt Seidel would love to have that. Ooh. Matt Cross would love to have that. Shane Taylor, let's fight for Cleveland. And if I win, I get to join Shane Taylor promotion, the Shane Taylor Enterprises. Uh, Justin Kyle, I'm coming for that bald ass head. I'm put some rogue <laughs> Aaron Williams, let's run that again. Calvin Tank, but let's finally do it. Mojo McQueen, I love you, baby. Let's do it. Alex Shelley, Lee Moriarty, Barrington Hughes, Tyson Dukes, Jimmy Jacobs, Jason Kincaid, and I were supposed to happen this year. Damn it, it almost happened. Um, Tim, or as you got, I mean, no mess, uh, Timmy Lou Retton, 
the tag team the main event. I really want to work with the tag team main event. Uh, I want to work with Darius Lockhart again. That was fun. Um, I got to work with Marche Rocket. Would love to do that again. I love to work with Ewok. Um, there are a plethora of people that I want to share that ring with. Uh, Yoya, uh, uh, Robert Martyr. Like, there's so many people. I can keep on PB smooth. Mm-hmm. But to be honest with you, I want to wrestle and take on the world. You know? Also, Jonathan Grush. But uh, how I look at it is this. I'm at a point in my career now where I don't want to wrestle for the sake of wrestling. I want to wrestle to build my brand and my product. I want to wrestle so that way that either I make my opponent better, my opponent makes me better, or we make each other in the place we're at better. I want to wrestle so that way I can not only get paid what I'm worth, but I can keep on making people proud of me, even if they were originally doubters or naysayers. I don't want to wrestle for the sake of wrestling anymore. I love wrestling, and I love wrestling for the sake of wrestling. But this is my career. This is my dream. This is my passion. You know? I've been tra- I've been chasing this dream. My uncle passed away. He used to say that a dream without work is just wishful thinking. And I've been putting in this damn work. And I've been doing what I can to make this dream come true. I'm not holding back anymore. I'm not stopping no more. I'm not being polite anymore. I'm not waiting my turn anymore. Because too many people were eating off my plate and feeding off me. I let way too many people eat off my plate to the point it caused me to starve. And it's partially why my mind was the way it went 2019. And I promised myself never again would people eat off my plate. They will watch me eat first, and then they get to eat when I say they can. Maybe they can have my scraps off my plate. You get your own plate. But this table, I'm the head of it. I run this. This is my house. This is my neighborhood. The independent wrestling scene, whether it's the Midwest, Indiana, Ohio, I don't give a damn. It's my neighborhood. And I run this. I protect it. I overlook it. But at the same time, y'all going to pay tribute. Y'all gonna make sure I eat. Y'all hard to hear. Is Man is coming. Is there any? Uh, <laughs> is there any uh, young guys that you've seen in the independent scene that you think are uh, maybe up and come up and coming guys? Oh, most definitely, most definitely. Now, granted, it depends on what you call a young guy. So you can be talking about age. You can talk about experience. Um, but when it comes to young guys, uh, I would say uh, Dex Royal. Highlight reel. They 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 putting in that work. They're trying to grow, um, and I love seeing what they're doing, and I love seeing the work they're putting in. Uh, Gustavo and Star Rider down at OVW. Um, I'd also talk about Espiritu Maya. I love seeing what he's doing. Tyler Vox. I love seeing what he's doing. Uh, Yo Yo and Robert Marta. They've been doing this for a while, but they're still young to the game. Cole Radrick, still young Cole to the Radrick. game, even though he's been doing this for a while. And I, I honestly. I'm I'm calling. I'm speaking into an existence. I'm saying it. He's getting signed within the next year. He's too damn talented. He's yeah. just too damn talented. And and here's why I say it. It is not just the moves. He makes people care. You can't teach that. Sometimes you just have it. You can learn it, but you can't teach it. He makes people care. Um, so that's another young up and comer. I would say honestly, House, because he's young to the game when it comes to managing. And he's already won a, an award for manager of the year. Like, yep. 
look look at what he's doing. Now, granted, I will tell the, the you know the huge wrestling lines. Y'all keep sleeping on Paragon. I'm getting pissed off now. Y'all gonna have Brawler and Technical Rest of the Year and still don't save me after I had a barn burner and submission victory over Should Be, and yet I don't even get put in the conversation. Y'all on that bullshit, Hoosiers. Y'all on that bullshit. But um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was wondering why I didn't see you on any of them lists. I was like, I was on there voting for the, get, for the household. I get snubbed from time to time. But, Motivation. sorry about that. But here's how I look at it. I may not be on their list, but when I have an audience member decked out in Paragon paraphernalia, wearing the sunglasses I gave him off my face for him to wear, and he's excited to see me wrestle, or... When I go into a locker room of people who are up and coming to indie darlings to already sign, and they're welcoming me with open arms. Like I was at Unsanctioned Pro not long ago. And so when you have the Jake somethings, the Myron Reeds, the Tims, the you have the, the Mo Atlases, up and comer, put some respect on Mo Atlas's name. That dude is a, is a cold dude and a bad boy. You got the Aaron Williams, you got the Yogas, you got the you got all these people. And yet they're embracing you because though you may not be on the show, you're a part of their company. And, and when I say company, not the actual wrestling company, mm-hmm. but the company you keep. Yep. And people see that. It, it, it's paramount to, to your mental success. Not even your, you know, wrestling, but your mental success. Um, but yeah, there's a bunch of dudes in this business that are up and coming, that they're hungry. That they're that they're getting gully and they're doing what they can to, to put themselves out there. Um, and what I would just say to these guys is the same thing that that rest his soul, Shad Gaspard, said to me when I was getting into business. It's gonna be hard. So remind yourself every single day why you do this. Remember why you do this. Ask yourself why you wanted to do this, and then hold on to that. And so anybody who's young in the business or thinking about getting into the business, and honestly, even people that have been here for a while and they feel like the business is being rough on them, remember why you do this. If you can't remember, then maybe that's letting you know what your next step's supposed to be. I'm not saying that means leave. Sometimes you just got to find a new way to love something. You know, hell, new people, there are people in relationships that fall in love with their partner and got to find new things to love about them. So what I'm saying is, Find your purpose in this business. Find your purpose in life. But even if you don't know what it is, know you have one. Great words, man. Like I said, we look forward to seeing you. I'm already a huge fan of yours, you know. Now I'm a new fan, but I'm a huge fan already, and I can't wait to see what you got coming out and what you got in the store for you. We're definitely going to go watch Paragon. Oh, yeah. Next, I'm sure we'll next chance there. we get. I guarantee the first, we'll see you soon. First now. time we see you live, you're going to know we, yeah. we're, we're there. You're going to hear us. <laughs> I appreciate it. I can't wait to see y'all. can't wait to see y'all now. Just need y'all decked out in Paragon merch. Oh, yeah. yeah. There. I'm on uh, it. The where, can, where can we find that? Tell, tell our viewers and our fans and uh, your fans where, where we can get that merch at. Oh, well, you can find Paragon. On uh, what a maneuver! You can find Paragon on Pro Wrestling Tees. Um, there's some new stuff that's coming out that's not out yet, but there's certain things that are also show exclusives. So there are certain Paragon merchandise that you will only find at shows. 
And when I say this, I need you to understand what I'm saying. You may see a similar shirt online, but the ones at shows, the graphic may be bigger. The gold may actually glitter and shine when light hits it. Same thing with the silver. Sometimes same thing with the purple, you know? It's going to look different because there's different care put into it. You know, it's not my choosing. It's just that my online store and it's the person I go through to my in-person store. Right. So, yeah. and also I'm setting up an Etsy shop too. So that's something I can also do. But, uh, you know, yeah, with that being said, you know, get yourself your Paragon merch. You can follow me on TikTok, uh, Twitter, Snapchat, and PlayStation at the Paragon 23 T-H-E-P-A-R-A-G-O-N 23. Um, or you can follow me on Instagram at the underscore Paragon, at Paragon Motivation, or at, Mid at Midwest Wrecking Crew. Those are different places you can find me. You can even add me on Facebook. You know, just don't be creepy or I will block you. Uh, <laughs> if, you if the dude that kept asking to suck my toes is watching this, I hope your <laughs> wife finds the, the messages you sent me, you weirdo. Okay? And this oh, isn't me kink shaming. This isn't me kink shaming. I don't kick shame. Just don't be sliding people's DMs, and when they tell you they're not interested, you just get nasty. God damn it. That's the second story we've been told about toes yeah. on this. <laughs> oh, oh, man. That's, <laughs> a good, that's a good question. What, a, have you, what kind of weird fan experiences and stuff have you had? I'm sure you have some good stories with... All right, so are we talking about in-person experiences, or are yeah. we talking about... Uh, oh, it could be both. DMs? It could yeah, be both. Know, so I have had uh, somebody had a gun on their hip and they walked up to me to tell me how good of a wrestler I was, but they kept using microaggressions and subtle racism when they kept saying shit, like referring to me as boy and calling me one of the good ones. It's, at the time, it was like 2018, and they used the word colored. <laughs> and when I said something, they literally put their hand on their gun like, like, we got a problem? Like, motherfucker, you going to shoot me for correcting you at a fucking wrestling show? Wow. So, wow. there was Damn. that. But um, I was actually the one wrestling show one time, and a fan was about it at the show. And it went down at the show. <laughs> um, they didn't find, they, we didn't get caught or nothing like that. I'm just saying, it went down at the show. Um, the, the, that's more so the crazy in-person ones. I had a fan try to lick me one time. That was weird, but yeah. But um, but oh man, like the crazy Snapchats and Facebook messages I get sent. I once had a married couple trying to make me their third. Uh, they kept sending me really like raunchy and appropriate stuff. I had one dude was sending me a video of his of his butthole winking at me, talking about this is where he belongs. Like, don't fucking. Don't That's a fucking lie. I don't belong anywhere near that thing. Uh, I. I but here's the thing, though, and I will say this. I've also, I have blocked and gone off on attractive women for, like, sending me stuff. Because my thing is, one, if it wouldn't be cool if I sent it to you, then then ask for consent to send it to me. I'm right. big on comfort. I'm big on consent. Just because you're attractive doesn't mean you can send me something. If we don't have that relationship. I said, the people I got that relationship with, I ain't talking to you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Send me the titties. Go ahead and send, <laughs> send a couple right now. Fuck it. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, though, like, you could at least say good morning first. Like, shit. Right. They'd be over here, and I'm like, oh, person added on Snapchat. They sent me a picture. Maybe it's them saying hi. Now, that's a vagina. <laughs> that's not what I was close out of that. Hey. Block. 
messaged me on Facebook. Why'd you block me? Oh, that's you. <laughs> block. <laughs> Damn. Hey. I liked it though, man. The, the devil standard is real, you know. So I yeah. like that you stick to your guns, man, and not let these let them get over on you like that, man. Nah, nah. See, because the thing is, I I believe, like I was saying earlier, you gotta hold people accountable, and you can't say it's only okay for somebody to do, but it's not okay for somebody else to do. To me, it's conditional. Yeah. You know, if somebody is okay, if it's okay for somebody to do something, then you and I must have a relationship with certain conditions. You feel me? Right. Hey, we don't got that relationship or condition, but fuck out my face, you know so I'm just waiting on some girl to pull up on me, touching me crazy. I'm I'm calling the cops. I, I say the tables is fucking turned. Nah. The tables is turned, and they probably won't. Cops probably won't do a damn thing. Nah. She'll get a go. Uh, nothing. But if, let me go do that to a girl. Let's see what happens. My ass is going to prison. Well, I, I mean, I would say that's probably also due to the culture of things, you know. So right. for a long time, you know, women had to deal with men, you know, high key being trash when it came to you know harassment and stuff. Yeah, and so sometimes when people are trying to find the equilibrium of things, there tends to be double standards when it comes to certain stuff. But you also got to consider it falls back to dudes again because dudes for so long make crap like that okay. Yeah, it was well, it's okay. She sent me titties. Why ain't it okay mm-hmm. if I send her this? Like, well, she didn't ask for that. She didn't ask for that. And she knows you want to be sent the thing that she's sending you. It is fucked up, man. It's a fucked up game, bro. Like, because yeah. as a guy, you, you know, you're just wired different. <laughs> you just wired different as a dude. Like, shit, you but, can go ahead and send me that. <laughs> you know. <laughs> On the last thing, though, uh, where can we find Paragon in the ring at next? Uh, actually, I'm taking a mini vacation so I can, you know, heal up. Um, as people know, I was in a car accident back in late uh, July, early August, and it put me out of wrestling for two months. And so I have been taking my bookings sporadically to make sure I'm considering my health. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're on my social media, you never know where I may pop up. I mean, hell, there was people that didn't realize I was going to be at OVW this past week. You know, it's because you never know where I'm going to show up. You never know where I'm going to be. So just stay on my social medias. Uh, probably not TikTok. TikTok, I don't put a lot of wrestling stuff on there. That's I call TikTok my outlet. That's where I can roast people. I can try to be funny, at least entertain myself being funny. I sing. I send motivation. So if you need to laugh, if you need motivation, if you need, you know, whatever, go to TikTok. But if you want to keep up my wrestling career, then I'd probably say IG, Facebook, and sometimes, you know, Twitter. That's where you want to be. <clears throat> All right, so for everybody out there, Go follow him on all social media platforms and stay tuned for what he has in the future. Because let me tell you, he's got a lot of talent in and out of the ring. He's got a bright future ahead of him. A past the skies of the limit. We're Thank- looking forward to seeing what you, seeing the future for you, man. And we wish you nothing but best of luck from uh, here at uh, GWR. And hopefully we'll be able to have another conversation and see you in person sometime soon. Hey, right on, right on. And, and I'm, I'm the type of person that, like, I'm not against doing a podcast more than once because sometimes we got most stuff to talk about, most oh, yeah. stuff to address, you know? I, I Like, I love wrestling. Like, like I told you, it's that love-hate relationship, but it's that mm-hmm. equilibrium, it's that balance. And so, like, I love talking about ways to help wrestlers succeed and talk about branding and marketing and stuff. I also love to share some of the crazy things I have been through in this business <laughs> that, you know, you tell these stories and like, oh, that, that happened to you for real? What? So like, 
You know, so Gary won't be back on. I oh, definitely. Out, we definitely have to get you definitely, back on. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I feel like we, you know, we had to get hit certain points, so yeah. we definitely could have kept going. I think, sure. I think, uh, I think a household episode is starting to uh, start to come in order. <laughs> I think we've had almost all the members of the household on now. That's about time to get a whole I group. Know. We gotta get them all. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Dude, I'm down, baby. Yeah, we appreciate you, man. And like I said, you know, best of luck to you in your in your career and in life and in, you know, all you do, man. And uh, you know, stay safe out there and looking forward to it. Thank y'all for having me. I appreciate y'all. Yeah, sure. Appreciate having you on Paragon, man. You're cool as hell. Got some <laughs> Said some cool shit, man. I, fu- I fuck with you, man. <laughs> Just like I'm that, man. I fuck with you too, man. Hell yeah. All right. Well, we'll uh, let you get out of here, but we appreciate you a lot for coming on the show. Uh, to the fans, you can find his Facebook and Instagram. It's right here on the bottom of the screen too. So, uh, for you guys, if you guys want to go check him out, I'd recommend you go check him out. Oh yeah, definitely. But uh, thank you for joining us, and uh, hopefully we can have you on again. Thank you.